Thank you for tuning in to Detail Memoirs. This episode is brought to you by Rotafest and Zenware. Rotafest is the most powerful mobile invoicing software designed for auto detailers and recon professionals on the market today. More than just a mobile invoicing app, it gives you a complete suite of tools to manage your business. Yes, it has a mobile app designed for the iPhone and Android to decode the VIN and create an invoice in the field. But it also includes integration with QuickBooks, customer management tools, text and email reminders, reports, and now inventory management is included in this powerful suite of tools. Learn more about Rotafest at rotafest.com. And welcome to another episode of Road FS Detail Memoirs, where every week we explore the movers, the shakers of the detail industry. And July is Women Detailer Month, sponsored by the IDA. So Rod and I have been hunting down all of the ladies that are, ha- that are having a huge impact on the industry and in their markets. I'm Jody. And I'm Rod Pusey. And uh, like you guys know, every week we come in and we do this. Um, we have our we sponsor ourselves, so RotoFS, the software that drives your business, sponsors this. But we could not do this without you guys viewing us and going out and liking our Facebook page and subscribing on YouTube. So please continue to do that. We really appreciate everybody that supports us, so that we can keep doing this for the industry. So we're super excited because uh, we've asked um, one of our customers, actually Melissa Ballard Long. She runs uh, Charlotte Detail Company. So she, and I will say this, she really is the boss. Jeff King is the guy that <laughs> is, is behind her. She's pushing the business. He's doing the detailing and running the crew. So good morning to you, Melissa. How are you? Good morning. Great. So, man, we're super excited. Uh, you and I, it's been fun uh, working with you over the last year. I mean, you and I have not only become kind of vendor partners but we've kind of developed a fun <laughs> friendship and we're always giving each other time or sometimes like hey just want to say hi so yeah so how did you get into the detailing industry well um so my background comes from the front end of the dealership um i started out many years ago with auto trader when it was print So I was selling advertising and that went on and I sold advertising and did some things there. And then I've worked for the two largest auto auction companies in the world, um, Mannheim and Odessa. So my, my experience has always been the front end of the business. Well, Jeff had always worked with the back end. He had worked for several companies through the years, um, blue coral, um, there's just been some different ones, some big names. And he decided at some point um, he had developed um, like a ceramic coating package for for the the last place he worked for like 12 years. And he had developed a training program where they trained detailers. And he said, I think we should do this together because with your front end experience and my back end experience, then we can go into a dealership with a different level of service than most of the other companies out there providing detail contracts. And we've done some other things, you know, we do ceramic coatings, we do home ceramic coatings, we do, um, you know, just general detail and we've done different things. But when we went into this dealership 
program, we actually started because we'd started with a, with an Audi dealership. And it was kind of a pilot thing that we wanted to go in and give them the option to offer a ceramic coating package, just like their um, warranty package sales goes that they sell through F&I. Um, whether it be, you know, like their first place finish, their, you know, different things like that. So we created a program and got it approved through Audi so that they could actually push the contract through and, and include it in F&I at the, at the time of purchase so that they could actually purchase a ceramic coating. Um, so they're going to buy in other places. So what we kept saying is why not make some profit on it for your dealership? And um, so in doing so and working with them and we kind of saved them a couple of times um, Jeff went and fixed a couple of cars that came in damaged, um, like for dealer trades or whatever. So in doing all that, they started coming to us and saying, would you please take our detail contract? And at first, it, for about six months, we said no. And then finally, you know, some things were changing and, and we finally said, okay, we'll do it. And um, then a GM changed. So that, that slowed it down. Well, a few months later, the new GM said, how quickly can you be in here? And we said, well, you know, we like 30 days, but probably give us a couple of weeks. He said, this was like a Friday, Thursday, Friday. He said, can you be here next week? And we went, <laughs> well, uh, uh, okay. So we went in there on a, on Wednesday and they literally had to call the police to have the other company ousted. So that was the beginning of our, our auto detail um experience and wow, that's uh, a great story though too i mean yeah we ousted somebody had the police involved and yeah yeah you know you never <laughs> want to be that person that's no just no but you know it's interesting because um in our experience doing this in this industry all over the world and and seeing different types of companies it's interesting how many people um don't know how to navigate that dealership world and so i think that your experience with the dealerships has probably really made that way more successful for you guys because so many people struggle with and don't understand that the dealerships don't care they'll they'll go to a different company you know well, and they did this particular audi store changed um detail companies like four times within a year and probably yep. would have changed another time or two if they hadn't gotten some sort of screwy contract involved. <clears throat> but what we've done there, and and I might add, we ended up taking on one of their sister stores, a VW store. And then um, in the middle of coming back from COVID on June 1st, we took over a, a, a Dodge store that's Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. And um, that one is being a real challenge because so many times as you guys have probably seen these detail companies they're bigger they throw somebody in there and they really just go about about it as far as we'll just we'll just cover what we can cover till we get kicked out i mean right. that's that's about the the gist of it and then they go get another one right. well what we've done is gone in more like a partner and like during the covid um shutdown and some of that jeff actually this was his brainchild. I just kind of make it happen on the back end and help with the marketing end of it. But he, he actually went to the GM at the Audi store and said, listen, let's do what we can to get more people in here. How about if, if we create a marketing piece for you, for you to offer ozone treatments and um, special sanitizing treatments for the inside? We'll do the marketing piece. You put your guys on the phone and see what you can do with it. And they did. 
and they got a lot of people in. They were selling at least a car or two a day in a, in a basically small Audi store just by doing things like that. So I think that's been important too is, is and, and Jeff, a lot of times I'll get this in his mind and come and say, what do you think? Because you're the front end, you know, person that deals with that. And, and I think that's where we're, we're different and we're trying to be different. Yeah. Well, and that is, I mean, that is different. And I think that anybody that, I mean, this has been the craziest year uh, on the planet oh, so far, really? but <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody, there's a picture out there. I saw and every day I see a picture, but somebody, you know, they always describe what 2020 is. And it's a picture of like a 1981 Yugo with a big block in it. And it's like, yep, that's, that's 2020 <laughs> and no breaks, you know? So, um, but I think that, that if you didn't adapt, if you didn't change in some way, if you're just like, nope, we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing, like any of the local you know, newspaper companies that think they're going to still be around in five years, it's, it is so, it goes against everything you want to do, right? I mean, you don't want to change. People don't like to change, but you have to adapt. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, Jody and I, we had to adapt extremely fast. Um, you're in a larger market. So Tell everybody what you're telling us right before is you're, you're Charlotte, but you guys are in a, a different community, but you well, still our dealerships are right smack in the very middle of, of, you know, car dealership row, you know, yeah. in the middle of Charlotte. And so, um, that in itself, we're basically the Charlotte market. Now, mm. Metro Charlotte, as many bigger cities do encompasses a whole lot more. We live and base out of a, 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 smaller town on the northern side of town in a in a lake community area and so that is a little different and that's where we've typically set up our independent shop and we do a lot more of our ceramic coating business there but but we have to be competitive and we have to be different and basically the charlotte market now something else that we've been pushing for um and you guys have been I have to throw this in because Jody said it, it's been fun working with me. I'm not so sure about that all the time. Because <laughs> there are times I call and I say, Jody, I, now Jeff's got this bright idea and I've got to make this happen. And um, so we start trying to figure out how to make it happen. But we've also tried to help the dealerships push customer paid details mm-hmm. because during this crazy time, and this happens in, in everyday world, but the cars get held up at port. Mm-hmm. And so you can't always count, you know, a lot of your businesses is counting on the new cars coming in that get detailed and then therefore trickling to used cars and trade-ins and so on. Well, if you're counting on that for everything, you're going to have some days where you're paying guys to be there and they're not making any money for you. And right. you can't have those days, yeah. you know, you just can't mm-hmm. have those. So we've also pushed to try and help them market, their customer paid details. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Jeff's always trying to figure out how, how to make sure that the guys are making money while they're there. And, um, you and know, if you don't do a, that, a, you're going to suffer. Yeah. We've, we've seen some people do that. I know one guy that started, um, <clears throat> which makes total sense. You have the equipment, but we've seen people that have branched out and do um, ozone and sanitization of fleet vehicles. We've seen one guy that broke out and now he does, you know, pressure washing of homes. Um, like you said, uh, home ceramic coating and people are like, what are you ceramic coating? It's like, if you've got a glass ceramic, you can put it That's on right. or a hard surface. You can put it on well, any surface you want to put it on, but you've got to branch out and do that because 
Um, otherwise, you're you're going to get left behind. And there's a lot of communities that are um, basically, you know, it was hit and miss, whether you were essential or non-essential or whatever, but it came in strong. We know a lot of people now that are super, super busy because they picked up three or four different accounts. And, um, and that's great that, you know, as long as you can keep yourself going and keep the, the paychecks rolling in, that's a good thing. Well, we wanted to keep our guys working. Um, and we had about three weeks, North Carolina, um, deemed the auto business essential. However, with some restrictions, however, Charlotte Mecklenburg did not. Mm. So we had about three weeks where they could not, they could do some online stuff. So they had a person or two in the dealership that could handle those sort of things on a rotating basis. But basically we had three weeks of shutdown and you guys know what that can do to a car business. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you oh, call Rick Flair on the phone and get him down there right now. Yeah. 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 It was, I mean, the used car manager was having to go back and wash her own cars um, just to deliver a car that she sold online. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes it really tough. And we were actually talking before we got online about some of the hoops we're having to deal with, with employees. You know, what, what are some of the things you guys have, I mean, do you wear masks? Do you not wear a mask? I mean, detailers, good detailers are probably masking up anyway, you know, just to protect themselves from the chemical. But, you know, so what, what are some of the challenges you guys have had to confront? Well, that has always depended on what kind of service they were performing, because anytime you're dealing with um, the ceramics and some of those, some different types of things that they need some, um, some of the mask and so on. And our guys have always worn gloves um, when they're cleaning in the cars, he's just always pushed for that and supplied them. And that's just always been part of it. Um, as much to protect them as them spreading germs inside of a customer's car. And so, you know, we were back and forth on this mask thing and we kept telling everybody to kind of do what they felt comfortable with as we did in the very beginning. You know, if, if you're not comfortable when this very all first broke, you know, nobody knew what to do. And we could right. told them if, if you aren't comfortable coming to work, you know, we, we basically took volunteers for that until we had the shutdown. And then we really took volunteers for the bring back. And um, so we've always kind of left it as, you know, a choice as to how you feel about what's going on. Now, um, we've encouraged them to have their own, you know, mask. Our guys tend to like gators or, or uh, something like that, but we have bought, a lot of the paper masks now because they're cooler and they can they can breathe through them a little better. Our dealerships are basically um, requiring them if they are in a setting where they've got to be inside the dealership showroom or inside the service department. Yeah. As far as back in detail, they can kind of do what what they're comfortable with. And you know, like I said, we you know here in Charlotte we have we're having 95 degree temperatures with hundred percent humidity. So it is doggone hot out there when they're working. And um, so some of that is just not reasonable to wear a mask. Well, and if you're on your own work environment, I mean, we have a, um, the, the state of Idaho does not have a mandatory, the city of Boise and the county of Ada County where we all live, both have a mandatory when you're in public. But, you know, if you're in your individual shop and yeah. you're, I mean, I don't know of anybody that's going to do that unless they actually feel like 
they're having some kind of an issue. And it, and I mean, honestly, most of it's common sense. You know, if I'm polishing aluminum, I got a respirator on. I don't have a right. respirator. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Here, and I got shiny silver stuff all over me. So um, it really depends on, like you said, the environment you're in and what you're doing. If, I mean, if I were working in a dealership and I'm back in where they have an actual physical shop with a bay, it's a 20 by 20 square foot area, let's say. There's you know, even social distancing says I don't have to put a mask on. So I think most of it's common sense. Um, but it's, it's good that you guys got back to work. And that, and that, did you see, did you see a, I mean, where you were before and then after you went back to work, has it been an uptick in different services, obviously, but have you seen an uptick in the work that you've got? We have, um, well, we, we first went back and we were so far behind because nobody had touched anything mm. for three weeks. Right. So in the two dealerships we already had, we had to pull on some heavy crews to get caught up from those three weeks. Then we saw a little bit of a, oh crap, <laughs> what do we do? Because there were no cars coming from port. You know, we'd caught up everything. There hadn't been enough trade-ins to get through service. So the whole process was slowed down for a good couple of weeks. But again, we were thankful because we were able to get those customer paid details um, through at that time. And, yeah, you know, good. we provide lot washes too. You talked about this. So just this past week, we had a van that was upfitted really for mobile detailing. But it really was not, um, it wasn't commercial enough equipment to use for lot washes. And we have tried every way in the world to hire somebody to come in and do lot washes just so we didn't have to worry about that ourselves. So last week, Jeff had been researching it and he said, I've just got to bite the bullet. So he just went and upfitted the van with heavy duty equipment. And in doing so, he did just what you mentioned. He bought the attachments to do driveways and gutters and things like that. And he told our neighbor who mows lawns, he said, you sell this in the, in the neighborhood, you, um, you go do it and we'll split it, you know? And so we are trying to keep diversified where that's concerned. But again, we had to have people that could do the lot washes. So we've been yeah. doing those kind of in between during slow times. But right now it seems like cars are starting to come in from port again. They tell us that at our Dodge point, that we should be, um, that they are, they usually have about a thousand cars on the lot and they've had about 500. Wow. So we are anticipating, you know, getting that kick and trying to be prepared for that and getting everything already caught up from where they were behind. Yeah. And I watch a lot of the stuff and just in general, in the automotive world, surprise, surprise, um, just cause I'm kind of an auto nerd anyway. And plus we're in the industry, but, um, the new Ford Broncos that they just released, they, literally <laughs> down the website. There's going to be a huge boat of Broncos come across that are going to need everything, but it, it's we a don't have a Ford store, but I, I'm kind of glad right now that we don't cause Ram trucks keep us busy enough some days. Yeah. So I don't know if we can handle um, a Bronco. Um, <laughs> no, it's super no, they're not going to get many. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be scarce you know, which will, which will be good because it'll make, you know, the industry itself will rise up and that's kind of what you see happening. But um, some of the places where we've seen in the past where you kind of gauge auto sales, there's a few dealerships we have in key locations that I'll ask the guys that are there, how many cars did they sell? And they seem to be going back up. They're not, they're not a hundred percent. They're three quarters. 
um, you know, they're half, something like that. But there's an Atlanta uh, dealership where we have a guy that, that they're, they're getting close, but they're not right. quite there, you know. And, and, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised that, you know, even during shutdown, they were set the Audi store, which, you know, Audi's not going to sell the number of cars that a Jeep store is going to sell, you know, and surprisingly they were delivering at least one car a day, even through the slowest times. And that may not sound like a lot, but to this dealership, that was, that was at least something, you know? Um, And so, you know, I I can't even begin to tell you what this Dodge Jeep Ram store has done. Um, The deliveries are, are, crazy they're you know they're killing us with deliveries right now so i do think that the industry has held on through this and and i'm really kind of surprised i I thought that the auto industry would and i I haven't seen any of the real numbers you guys may have but i really thought the auto auto industry would take a more of a beating than i think it has i think they adapted as well i think they had to because what they saw happen in 06 and 07 and how bad they got hurt um, they've, they've adapted quickly. They came up with better financing. They came up with better trade-ins. I mean, I remember in, uh, 06 and 07, I bought a brand new diesel pickup and I was a it was, there was Ford and Chevy and I'm, I'm a Chevy guy. So I went right to the Chevy dealership, but when Ford put out an incentive, I went, cause they <laughs> bought a Ford diesel pickup in 07. They would give you a Ford car. I'm like, Oh, I could buy that. And then I would turn around and sell the Ford car. And then I, I mean, I was, I was really thinking about it, but they, I think they adapted quicker this time and they came up with better things. And, and, and I, and I, I want to hope that that's what really happened because I, I, it's a good thing for everybody. If the auto industry, the home industry, lawn care industry, if every industry is doing good, then the country is doing better. And that's really what it comes down to is everybody doing well. And, um, and I, and I agree with you. I think the auto industry has rebounded as far as they took a hit, but they've come back. So, and man, yesterday, if it was any indication, Ford is doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stock for Ford. Just oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. but, well, I mean, but when's the last time you had a sexy beast come out, you know, since I walked in the room, you know, but it's <laughs> morning at 10 when we went live. I mean, we're not on, talking man. about the Chrome downstairs, you know, we're talking, <laughs> talking about this chrome right here so yeah no i mean that that car is just absolutely beautiful and you know i i think one of the things that's been really interesting to watch especially since covid is seeing how different you know our customers people in the industry how they've adapted i mean even i mean we talk about dealerships the one in uh there's a dealership here in Nampeth, actually we're running an ad. It's like, come drive our car. We'll make an appointment. We'll have keys ready for you. You drive up. It's all sanitized. You get in, drive away, come back, and then we'll take care of everything online. And I'm like, you know, that kind of ingenuity and creativity is really what's going to keep your business growing and thriving and an industry thriving. They were taking cars yeah. to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, you didn't even have to come in. And another thing, um, something that we started early on, of course, Jeff's always done it, but he really stressed it harder is, um, you know, he kept um, isopropyl alcohol and sprayed surfaces that they had touched or 
anything during the detail process. So the dealership was able to say, we're, we're not actually just cleaning your car. We're cleaning behind our guys that clean your car. And, right. and right. I think that that is a level of, um, you know, you know, you got to make people feel safe. And, and yeah, I think, and I think that of, is um, the people that I know that struggled. The, so the detailers that I know that struggled through the first several months and some of them went out of business um, it was because of that. And, you know, I know everybody in the detailing industry constantly has to fight this, this stereotype of, you know, the dude on the street corner with a bucket and you're right. just washing my car. But really, if you're not doing something to prevent that and to show somebody something different. And I always, I always use uh, the image of uh, Biff from Back to the Future, you know, <laughs> that's, that's, I'm like, Ross you're twin. You're fighting against that. That is, yeah, that is what you're fighting against. And so you have to do everything you can to have a lot more professionalism and to show that, you know, we're here to, um, to sanitize and to make it better. I mean, a lot of times when you see, when you see good detailers, it is not just preserving a car, making it better than new. Right. And people ask me, I see, I see people all the time. They're like, why would you do something like that to a brand new car? And I'm like, because brand new cars are imperfect at best. They have flaws all over the place. They have orange peel on them. They have all kinds of stuff. And so if you can show somebody professionally how you can make it better, um, that's what they want. They want to be protected. They want to have that coating on there. So you go, look, this is going to last a lot longer as long as you do the maintenance on it and you explain it. And it's all about expectations. And I think that is anybody that doesn't work in a dealership uh, that's, that's, you know, how do I work in a dealership expectations? You have to meet their expectations. Well, and, and think about it when you're dealing with a premium luxury line of car, their expectations are, are even more so. And so that was one of the things when, when we first went in there, they're like our last detail company had a guy that came to the front to hand people their keys, these customers buying, you know, 80 to hundred and, $40,000 car. And he walks up and he's got a big pot leaf tattoo on the side of his neck. So they're like, no, no, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so honestly, we have gone out of our way to um, try to fit our detailers to the circumstances and stress professionalism. And um, we've tried not to just put warm bodies Um you know, Jeff's background is, is training detailers and using the right products. And so he's a, a big stickler on that. And, and I do think that our, you know, actual redo um, numbers are considerably low to what other companies may have. We're still going to have them. It just sure. happens. Yeah. Um, sure. But because he tries to stress constant training and, um, professionalism, I think it, I think that helps. And then also the fact that we, you know, we're upfront talking to, to the managers, not just, we don't just throw our guys in there and leave our little, our, you know, our detail manager to do the job. We go do the job. Yeah. He or I won, he's in there all the time. And, um, you know, that really is a difference. And that means a lot to these dealerships because that's what they've not had from other, you know, bigger companies. That's where the ball has dropped through the years. Right. I think that's probably why Jody and I have been in the industry as long as we have is because 
you know, we don't have any problem at all jumping in and coming down and fixing a problem. I mean, we've been at dealerships in Tampa, Florida, when it was 95 degrees and hundred percent humidity outside all day, trying to figure out how there was an efficiency issue, um, you know, or actually doing the work ourselves so that we understand what somebody's dealing with. Uh, and I think that having that common understanding with somebody, whether it's a dealer or even a customer that helps get across the idea that, Hey, you know, I know what you're going through and let's figure out a solution to this as opposed to just, like you said, throwing somebody a warm body at it. Cause that's, I don't think that's ever the solution just to throw a warm body at it. I mean, you know, there's, there's always a place for a warm body and, <laughs> but it's definitely not handing the keys back to somebody. Cause I always cover up my pot tattoo anytime I talk. To <laughs> well, you know, and I, and I'll say this, that's why I, I have, um, liked our partnership with you guys. Um, <laughs> Jody may not appreciate this, but, um, you know, he's answered me when he's been on vacation or at night or on the weekends, yes. because when my guys are there and they, you know, sometimes it's, it's a user error. Most of the time it has been. Um, <laughs> um, but the point is that, you know, they, they're freaking out cause they've got 20 right. cars lined up and five guys yelling at them there on the dealership and they can't get a car to scan or they can't, they can't get something to work right. And, uh, Jeff, as good as he is on the detailing is not the guy on the technology sometimes. And, um, so you guys have been great about helping with that. Plus the fact that there's just some things that make a difference and, and, what makes it easier for me to do my reports and bill, which is all what it comes down to is what can I bill for? Yep. Because if I can't get money in, then, you know, what are we doing here? And that you guys have been fantastic at listening to those things that make a difference with that. Um, and I've heard that other companies who do what you do, they don't have that same experience. So it yeah. does make a difference. Well, we, we like doing it for you. The developers probably don't like yeah. it. And I come back and go, um, we need to change some priorities <laughs> or how yeah, fast I'm, can I'm you? Sure, I'm sure. When they, you know, even a couple of them, now that I have their email address, they probably are not real happy. <laughs> yeah, there's certain days that they don't like to be in a meeting with me because they're like, okay, today we set priorities. And they're like, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. By <laughs> Friday, you guys are going to have these 10 things done. And so I think it's no, it's no different than any other industry, honestly. It's, you know, I, I've had a couple of sisters that have owned a, a salon for going on 20 years. And in that industry, been involved in the automotive industry, the software industry. Uh, used to drive heavy equipment. Every industry's got about this 80% that's the same. You just have to make sure that you, in my mind, you go above and beyond, you know? And you have, and I know Jody's the same way. Jody's got that same attitude. That's why both of us have our cell phones and you, people call us all the time. And, and that's just what we do. We, we have to take care of people to, to make sure that the expectations are met. Yeah. Well, I, the, the last time I, I think the last time I picked up a phone call that I was worried about it was actually Judy and I were sitting on our son's sailboat with both our feet hanging over the edge and it's just vibing, vibing. And, and I'm like, I, the only person that probably is going to call me is going to be a customer. I look at it and I'm like trying to make sure I'm not dropping my phone over the edge. 
I Unfortunately, hope that it was a spam call, but I was just like, all right, we got to get it done. I hope that wasn't me. I tried to leave you alone. It, it wasn't. So it was that, probably me. I, cause I call him all the time. I'll be like, Hey, I got to ask you a question real quick. So well, you know, good. sales, sales 101 for us, as you were talking about a minute ago, Rod, I think you're the one that said it was, you know, talking about pain and, you know, we're as salespeople, we're trained to find the pain point. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to find a way to um, solve that problem, to make that pain point either go away or much more able to handle. Right. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And um, kind of talking about a little bit of what, about what you guys do too. So when I do my billing, I use you guys in a couple of different ways because this is something Jody and I have worked on from the beginning and Curtis and Lord knows maybe a few others. But um for a couple of my dealers, I have to send a daily like summary. Mm-hmm. And so I use the customer order report and I download it to a CSV and I clean it up and make it look pretty and send it off like an invoice attached to a QuickBooks invoice. Well, with the, the Dodge point, they now are okay with the individual. As a matter of fact, they like getting that individual work order, but I still, because I'm afraid of something not going through or them missing something, I still do a customer order and do a summary sheet. I don't have to do a bunch of cleanup on it like I do the other two stores. Yeah. So now we're working on the syncing between QuickBooks and making all that work. So the way that our business is evolving has been such that RoadFS has kind of evolved with us because there have been some changes that the guys have made so that it would work easier for what I was doing just to tweak a little something or um, different little things that Curtis has done sometimes or sent them on to somebody else to do um, very quickly. So that has helped a lot. I I hope to never have to continue to do those daily (laughs) summaries and I can hit, hit the button and hit batch invoice and all is good with the world. But, um, we are evolving through that and Red FS has, like I said, kind of been evolving with us. It's been fun. It's like, you know what? There's always new things that people go, Hey, can you tweak this? And it's like, and it's really your customer driving the request, right? It's like, because, you know, we have a customer over here and their dealerships want it this way. And then yours are one. Okay. And it's like, right. Hey, can we tweak this one little thing to make it work better for us? And so, so we just take it to Curtis and or Spence and they're like, all right, uh, let me spit that out in a week or whatever. Sometimes and some things are really easy, some are not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they're really quick. Sometimes they take a little bit more. In fact, we're working on some really, really cool stuff right now that that are going to be next level. I mean, nobody else is going to have what we're working on. And we're really, really excited about that. And and it's really a, driven by, you know, people like you and, and other people that are really going, hey, can we do this? Can we evolve? Can we push the envelope? And are you willing to do that? And Rod and I are like, yeah, the guys aren't going to like it, but yeah, we'll figure it out. So, but yeah. So how do, how do people connect with you? I mean, we, this has been a phenomenal, but how do people connect with Charlotte Detail Company? Well, we do have a Facebook page. Um, so that's one way. And we have a website and it's always the Charlotte detail company or CO, the Charlotte detail co.com. And, um, then of course, Facebook and we have our webs, our links, there, our page. So pretty easy. 
No, it's real easy. So, man, mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining thank you, us. Jody and Rod. No, I mean, thank you. Yeah, so you and I always have a great time visiting. I think this is the first time that you and Rod have really been able to yeah, interact. Yeah, and, it is. So. And it's, it just makes it a lot of fun to actually have a customer come on and, and do this with us. And, and uh, but, you know, it's, as Rod and I, one of the things that have been really fun in 2020 is we've been able to really engage with a lot of women that are impacting the industry. And I think that's what's really, really fun because, you know, 10 years ago, it was a bunch of gypsies running around in a car chasing, chasing the dollar. And now you're getting really solid companies, you know, with brick and mortar and uh, yeah. mobile guys and some guys doing dealership. And women are having such a huge impact, whether they're, you know, doing it as a solo gal, like the buffing queen, or like you that are, you know, running dealerships. And it's just really fun to see the impact and work with you ladies that are making us guys think about business a lot different because I know you're pushing Jeff. I mean, he's got the ideas, but you're like, whoa, Jeff, wait a sec. I do have to say, step back a minute. And, and sometimes I have to say, no, I'm not going to another dealership and talk to them right now. Um, and the other thing that we constantly work on is, um, of course, he doesn't know what I do either, but I guess we could find somebody to figure that out. But we're constantly <laughs> thinking about putting the right people in place so that if something happened because we aren't spring chickens. So if something were to happen and he were to get sick or whatever, what could I do? How could I keep it, it going? You know, yeah, because right. I'm not in there. I don't, I don't detail cars. I don't train detailers. I, but so we are trying to transition so that, that we could keep our business going really if either one of us, you no, know, was not able to do our job. That's awesome. So yeah, well, that's, that's a tough thing. It is a tough thing because especially when it's your baby, sometimes it's hard to let it go. Yes. And you, you, if you're going to be a true business owner, you got to learn to let some things go and trust that somebody can do it maybe even better than you. So, no, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Hate to admit it, but yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's thank you been, guys. It's been a yeah. pleasure. And you guys and gals that are tuning in, thank you for checking us out. Make sure to check out the podcast, the YouTube channel. I even posted on IGTV and LinkedIn. We just try to make it so that you can watch it wherever you want to go. So thank you guys. And we'll check you guys you same guys. time, same bad channel just next week. Yep. See, ya. See you later. Bye. <laughs>